Weight needed on her. Fibers pit. Left leg. Oh shoulders, shoulders down. Shoulders down. Hello, everybody, and it is official. Becky Lynch is the man of WWE, the man of the moment, and of course, the man of the championships, winning both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships last night in the first ever women's main event at WrestleMania, and it was a show for the ages. We're going to talk all about that today, and we're going to talk about what I liked, what I didn't like, and what is going to happen to the WWE moving forward. I'm your host, Nolan Rich, and of course, Brand new uh, Instagram we have online for Rich Sports Talk at the handle at Rich Sports Talk on Instagram. And I have a great poll for you, WWE fans. It's in my store. I want you to check it out. And I want your feedback on, of course, the main event. And, of course, it was Becky Lynch, the moment of the night, holding those two belts high above her head in the center of MetLife Stadium. But for a lot of true wrestling fans, it was slightly underwhelming. Now, I'm going to get to the crowd reaction in a little bit um, because I think it has to do with a bigger storyline from this WrestleMania and for WrestleMania's going forward. But let's get right down to brass tacks, which was the finish that wasn't supposed to happen. Now, a lot of critics of professional wrestling say that, well, it's fake, and to which I say that is nonsense. Wrestling is a great example of athleticism and choreography. And for people saying that, well, all the matches are scripted, yeah, they can script the match, but the thing is, things change in a match, and you have to be able to adapt. And last night we saw what happens when things don't necessarily go to plan. Now, for those of you who don't know, and I'll take you through briefly the last end of the match, and then I'll get into what was supposed to happen. So Ronda Rousey picks up Becky Lynch in the middle of the ring, and it's going for a Piper's Pit. Ends up that Becky counters it into a quick pin. One, two, three, and Becky Lynch is the winner. Now, in the video, you can see Ronda's shoulders go up on the one count. Now, for a lot of people who are seeing that match, initially thought that, well, she botched the ending because she was supposed to keep the shoulders down. Although we found out that the ending was supposed to be scripted a different way. Now, many people, including a lot of insiders, have come out and said that the scheduled finish for the match was a disarmor by Becky Lynch on Charlotte Flair. And if you really think about it, that would have been the perfect way to end the match. And let me explain. When did the man persona start? It started at SummerSlam when Charlotte Flair got introduced into the, tag, into the SmackDown Women's Championship match and took that spotlight away from Becky. She turned on Charlotte, and of course, she's been red hot ever since it would have been fitting that she put away charlotte and finally got over charlotte to win the titles and more importantly what that would have done is it would have protected ronda rousey and you look last night was the first time rousey's ever been pinned if she wasn't pinned last night or submitted they could have used that later on saying well she was never pinned as a champion i mean we saw that angle before with brock lesnar when seth rollins cashed in money the bank a couple wrestlemanias ago and the reports are that Rousey is going to take some time off. Is she permanently leaving the company? We don't know. There's a lot of speculation around her that this was her last match. And also it came out that she had a severely broken hand 
from this match. So it looks like she's going to take significant time off anyways, but it'll be interesting to see how the WWE spins it potentially for a match down the road that her shoulders weren't down, could set up another match with Becky Lynch. And one of the reasons why the finish was picked with Charlotte was because Rousey has reportedly some real backstage heat with Becky Lynch, and she has told the company that she didn't want to be submitted or pinned in a match, which makes a lot of sense. And you could see the frustration when she got out of that pin. And you could tell the ending wasn't as clean as you thought because there's some hints you got. Number one, the announcers were even saying that the shoulders were up, which I don't think helped the situation. But more importantly, whenever there is a winning moment on the match, especially at WrestleMania, the first thing they want to do is get a close-up of the winner's face. And you briefly saw that they were zooming in on Becky, but Becky turned away from the camera, I think to almost mutter herself and basically maybe was saying what was the finish or what just happened. Because I think there's a lot of confusion. You saw Rousey got up and was very upset. And like I said, she's had that backstage heat record, reportedly with Becky Lynch. So that could have been a situation where she's like, are you serious? This wasn't supposed to be the end of the match. Now, for some people blaming the referee, you can't blame the referee because the way the refs are trained, they call it like a shoot, which means they have to call it. They can't stop a count. They have to do the count the way it's read. And there was a weird angle that I don't think he saw the shoulders. And I actually think that if you really look at what's happened now that we know what's happened from this match with the broken hand, I, I think what happened, and I'm, I'm only speculating, but I think what happened is you see her going up to pick up Lynch, and I think just with her broken hand, it gave out, and that's why she ended up dropping Becky. And I think that that was a factor that no one's really considering, that you know maybe it was a situation where she couldn't support Becky Lynch, but overall, I think the match did what it was supposed to do. It put Becky over. It got Becky the titles, which we all saw. I think that this was a match that you could see that the ending wasn't as clean as they wanted it to. And I think that that's a great example of wrestlers. It's a lot about adaptability. And also, I think Charlotte was put in this match, and unfortunately, it wasn't used, but was to... I when I and I've been on this and for everyone who's listened to the podcast you know I've been very critical about putting Charlotte in this match and it's not because of Charlotte I think Charlotte is fantastic but I think that you know putting both titles in this one match I think Charlotte could have been a great showcase with Asuka I think there could have been other possibilities but when I saw this match last night it made it very clear to me that the reason Charlotte Flair was put in this match was to help Ronda Rousey look good and it's very difficult because I don't want to be critical of Ronda because she's come a long way since she started and arguably she's one of the top athletes on the planet for what she's able to physically do but wrestling is a unique art it's more than just being physically fit it's about it's an art form it's selling for your opponent it's about in-ring chemistry and Ronda I don't think she's gotten the nuances of that she is used to fighting people and punching people and you know, learning how did that choreography going from a field where you are, you are in a when you are in a field like UFC where you're being aggressive and you're creating your own art. This in WWE is a little bit more reactionary, and I think she's struggling with that. But it will be interesting to see what they she does going forward, what they do with this title picture going forward. But it, it was clear to me they put Charlotte in this match to help sell and help make Ronda look good. It was a rough finish, and one thing that people were criticizing WWE fans, and this is going into a larger theme, and I've 
teased this earlier on the podcast was people were saying, well, there wasn't a big pop for Becky Lynch at the end. And let me put it this way. There's a couple factors I think that hurt this match and it had nothing to do with the match itself. Number one, this was the longest WrestleMania in history, seven and a half hours long, seven and a half hours long. And to get into the stadium, it took a while because I've been in MetLife Stadium with all the pre-screenings. It probably with tailgating everything that made it like a 10 hour day. I mean, you look at this match and this is one thing I think WWE has to look at moving forward. I think they have to shore in the card or change when the card starts. To me, I think what you want to do is, if you're going to do a seven-hour hour show, which is long for the fans and the crowd, but if you really want to do a seven-hour show, have it start around 2 or 3 o'clock. Have the early matches early in the afternoon, and so that way, by the time we get to the six- or seven-hour mark, your primetime Sunday television, because the problem with this main event was it didn't start till after midnight. The main event at WrestleMania did not start till after midnight, and it was a 20-plus-minute match. And I felt bad because you just could see the crowd. They were just worn out. Eight hours, that's a long time to be cheering in a stadium, and they had some great matches to cheer. So I, I felt bad because this, this main event, I don't think people at that point, they were just gassed because they're thinking it's well after midnight, it's going to take them hours to get out of that stadium. I mean, you're not going to get back to your hotel or home till like 2 or 3 in the morning at the very least. It was a long day and a long night. And I think WrestleMania has to make an adjustment where I would suggest if you're going to do a long show like this, if you're going to do a long show, you have to start it earlier. You have to start at like 1 o'clock, have it be an all-day event. I don't think you could split up the WrestleMania, but have it start earlier and so that way when the prime time or the main event comes on, it's about 9, 10 o'clock at night, which is prime time Sunday television. So, and to be fair, this was a big card. And looking back on it, did we really need these 16 matches? I mean, there were some matches that, I mean, this was a match where we, I'm trying to remember WrestleMania. We've had WrestleManias where there's only been one tag team title or it's about the pre-show. We had all the tag team titles, including the women's on the line here. Um, not to say they were bad matches, but you could have cut this WrestleMania down. For example, the, and I know it's become a annual event, the Andre the Giant Battle Royal and the Women's Battle Royal. Unless they use it where the winner gets a prize or a contract or a title shot afterwards, it, to me, it just feels like an easy way. And I get the point of it. It's to get people that aren't on a match into WrestleMania. And I get that, and I understand the importance of getting people on the card. But, man, it, like, the whole, like, I'm not going to dwell too long on it. I, I didn't mind Carmella winning. I thought it was great that they gave Braun Strowman a win. But what are they going to do? If neither of those stars get momentum from those wins, what was the point of those wins? So, for me, I, I would just look into cutting that out. I mean, the Batista-Triple H match, which Triple H won, I mean, that match went on for over 20 minutes. And look, it, it, it was a weird match because Batista said he's retiring. It, it was just an odd match because he thought Batista might go out on top. And I love Triple H, but I love him more in the role he is now as the executive. And I said that on the last podcast, and I thought it would be perfect to go out of his in-ring and transition to that role. But the only reason like I've tolerated his matches at WrestleMania is the last couple of years 
is because he's put over some of the younger stars. In this one, he's not putting anyone over, and it basically took 20 minutes off the car. I mean, you take away the two battle royales, you take away that match, that's about 45, 50 minutes of match time that you could have saved. So I just looked at that, and I was like, man, that was just an area. And I felt bad for Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and Ronda because the finish was rough, and you could. I think the crowd was a little bit surprised by the way it finished too. I, I think that didn't help with the crowd. But by the time they got to the end of the crowd, I just think they were burnt out. It was a long day. It was eight hours. I mean, this is this is an event that used to be four, maybe five hours. I mean, you're talking about eight hours. Eight hours. That is a long event. And my suggestion is if you're – I say either shorten it, but if you really want to have this be an all-day event, start it earlier. Start it earlier. So the, by the time the main event comes on, it's 9, 10 o'clock at night. Because who's one of the biggest audiences for WWE? It's kids. It's kids. Can kids stay up till after midnight for the main event of WrestleMania? I mean, that I felt bad for those kids because some of the best matches didn't come on until after 10 o'clock at night. So I just felt bad for the kids. And you have to understand that you have a wide uh, variation of this audience from adults to kids. But kids, to me, are your most important audience because you're trying to grow them as fan base. And if you're having a main event, and it's hard enough right now with Raw ending at 11 o'clock at night. But when the main event of your premiere show is until after midnight, that's a problem. And I saw a lot of blowback for the lateness of the event. So I would suggest moving it up earlier so that way you have the main events around 10 o'clock, 9 o'clock at night. I mean, that's my suggestion. But, uh, you know, I'm going to go through these matches now and give you what my opinions are and if I like them or love them now. I'm going to kind of go through the first couple of matches because, you know, Tony Nese won the title, which I predicted. I thought that was a very good match. Carmella in the Battle Royale and and even Braun Strowman. Like I said, I, I didn't mind them winning, but unless they get momentum from that, and I'm not sure what the WWE's plan with them is, it, it'll be interesting to see. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. I just hope it's not like the last WrestleMania where Ryder won a title and they take the bell off him right away. I also thought that that was a, with all the tag team matches that they had, felt a little bit unnecessary to have that match on the card. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Brock Lesnar, I thought was handled masterfully. And this was one of the things I liked about this mania is the spacing of the matches, not having all the title matches at the end of the night and spacing them out to have the crowd get a chance to build energy. Because one of the problems you sometimes have with WrestleMania is you have a great electrifying match, and then you have another title match, but the crowds burn out from the previous match. So I liked the spacing. I thought it looked made both wrestlers look good. It made Lesnar look like a you know dominating physical specimen that he is. But it also showed the architect, Seth Rollins, smartly with the low blow after the official distraction to get the title win. And he says he's going to be a fine champion, which is what I think the people want. They want to see the Universal title. And I think that the title has been damaged a little bit because of the exclusivity of Lesnar. I mean, they only see the title, what, two or three times on pay-per-view a year? So I think now where you get Rollins as a fine champion, it's going to help with that title, make it more of a prize in the WWE. And I think it's going to be a good fit because I think Rollins right now is the best uh, male wrestler in the company. And I think that it will be a, he'll do a great job as champion. He's a great heel, great face. To me, he is one of the most valuable, if not the most valuable superstar in terms of what he can do for the company. Uh, AJ Styles defeated Randy Orton. I picked it the other way, but I said on my 
preview show. I could see this going either way. Now, I also said that the winner of this could be lined up for a title push, potentially AJ Styles against Kofi, uh, but we'll see what happens out of that. Now, this was an interesting storyline that I that I want to see, and I think you could see it because, spoiler alert, and I kind of just hinted that Kofi Kingston be defeating Daniel Bryan. I'll get into that match in a little bit. But with the Usos winning, I proposed this, and I think here could be a great storyline out of WrestleMania for this match, and it was a good match. But think about it. The Vince McMahon did not want Kofi to be in the main event. Now he's won the championship. I think it would be great if he gets back at the Usos. Because remember, how did Kofi get to WrestleMania? It was the Battle Royale with the New Day tag team. And the Usos basically checked themselves out, said they weren't going to fight. So for me, that could be rich where McMahon says, well, you let Kofi get in, so I'm going to get my revenge on the Usos. I think that could be a fascinating storyline to explore, and I hope the WWE goes that route moving forward. Uh, Shane McMahon defeating The Miz now. I actually picked the opposite. I thought The Miz would win, but the way this finish was, and I also said you know, in the pre-show that I did, Man, this this match is basically going to be what will Shane McMahon jump off? And of course, it was the TV tower. But they're going to continue this role, and I think that Shane's doing a great job as a heel here, you know, taunting the Miz and really rubbing it in the Miz's face. And I think this is a contra- one of those controversial finishes that will help this rivalry extend on. And to be honest, this was one of the matches where, you know, coming in, I wasn't super hyped on, but after the match. And seeing these two's chemistry, I actually am looking forward to the next chapter, which is nice. And I think they did a very good job of that. Um, Now, this was a match that I predicted should have had this ending. And it did the Iconics defeating Sasha Banks and Bayley, along with the two other tag teams, to win the Women's Tag Team Championship. And look, the Iconics, they're great in-ring workers. They're different. I think they are built for this tag team division. And to really grow the brand, You for a brand, you need a villain. Um, I don't think you can make Sasha and Bailey a villain. And I, I think with them too, could you maybe put them in the title picture? Maybe, but I think it's also going to be interesting what they do with, with the belts. Are they going to unify the women's championship? I think it's a mistake. They should keep two belts to give more opportunities and more matches. But I think right now you can't make Bailey and Sasha Hill. Part of the reason is the way their characters have been. And it, it with social media now, it's clear that they're really good friends. So, I think it's going to be hard to turn heel on maybe for Sasha. I know everyone wants to see maybe her go back to the boss again, but I just think it's going to be hard to do that with all the work they've done to show that they're friends and with social media. I think that's going to be very difficult to do, but I think this could be a long feud with the Iconics, Sasha and Bailey. And to me, they're the two best teams to grow this brand. And you need a good rivalry to grow this brand. What grew the raw women's, uh, championship. It was the great rivalry between Charlotte and Sasha. That grew that brand tremendously. So what do you need to grow this belt? A great rivalry. I think they've set this up perfectly, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Now, I'm not going to lie. I had picked a different ending for the Kofi and Daniel Bryan match. And the reason I said this was beforehand. I said, look, I want Kofi to win a title. But I also feel like in terms of a long story, I feel there's more rich storytelling with him not winning the title, potentially having to leave the New Day to get a title. But man, that was, to me, that was the match of the year. Incredible work. And 
we see what Kofi is, and I we've seen we've gotten hints of what Kofi can do in the ring because of his great athleticism and the tricks he can do at the Royal Rumble. But man, when you put him with a great worker and you put him in a great match, that was incredible chemistry that had the best energy of the night. And for me, Daniel Bryan, he is the best technical wrestler in the business today. And he is phenomenal. I don't think we can fully appreciate what he can do. I mean, we talk about how great his characters are and him being a face and a heel. But his is an in-ring tactician, and his ability to sell is phenomenal. And he is absolutely incredible. He did an incredible job. Both of these men have great chemistry. And when you left that building and when you turned off the pay-per-view last night, you're saying, man, I want to see this continue. I know there's a lot of men that deserve an opportunity to the WWE Championship, but the chemistry that Kofi and that Daniel Bryan have in that ring is incredible. It was a great moment for a superstar that, and this is really what a WrestleMania and what a great wrestling story is, is having that wrestler that's always been overlooked, that has worked for years for an opportunity. I mean, we've seen a lot of superstars have that meteoric rise where they win a championship very quickly in their career. Even Finn Balor won the universal title on his first match ever in the company. But to see a guy who has been in this business and with this company for well over a decade and who really has been one of the more underrated athletes in this company has done nothing but work great matches and do a great job with the characters he's been given, finally get the opportunity and the recognition he deserves. And we talk about WrestleMania moments. I cannot think of a bigger moment the entire night than Kofi celebrating with his kids in the New Day in the middle of that ring at MetLife Stadium. Incredible storytelling, incredible job. And even though I thought that for a longer story, it might have been better to have Kofi lose the belt, I am glad to see him finally get the recognition he deserves. But, man, that was an incredible match. And to me, that was the match of the year. I mean, we could see maybe a match come close to it, but it is going to be hard to top that. That is wrestling at its finest right there. And that was just absolutely incredible to see it. And, you know, speaking of opportunities, I talked about Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio that this could be a great build. And unfortunately, I think this is one of those matches, and we saw it, especially the back end of this car, and they realized how long Mania was going that got cut short. Now, I don't know if this was originally planned to be this short, but this was a match with Ray Mysterio that lasted one minute. Uh, basically, had Ray tap out, and uh, I, I know it helps make Samoa look like a dominant wrestler, which is fine, but... Once again, I said it would have been great to tease Dominic because Ray dedicated this match. There was no mention of it to build that out. So for me, this was this was probably the worst match of the night. And I don't know if it was due to the time constraints, but it just felt like, okay. You know, it, I mean, you could have gone to the bathroom at MetLife Stay and come back, and they're like, oh, yeah, the Samoa Joe match is over. Like, what? I, I missed that? Uh, come on. But to me, that was one of the hardest matches to watch of the night. Oh, one of the hard. I actually think the hardest one's coming up, and it's not the next one. Roman Reigns, Andrew McIntyre, and another match. Ten minutes did its work. I mean, you knew Roman was going to win. I didn't think McIntyre comes out of this looking great as I hoped. And to me, I know you you were going to have Roman Reigns on the card because he's really his story has transcended this company, 
and has really connected with a lot of people outside of the company, how he's recovering and beat cancer. So you knew for publicity he was going to be on the card, but and it was great to see him get a win, but it just felt like this was one of those matches you're kind of like, did we really need a Roman Reigns-Drew McIntyre match with no title? It just seemed kind of like a waste. But the next match was really a waste, the Triple H-Batista match. And you knew, and I love Dave Batista, fantastic actor. But uh, you knew this was going to be rough when he botched the entrance, just getting into the ring. And this match, I said it was going to be no holds barred because you knew both of these guys were not going to have great in-ring chemistry, and we saw that. I mean, the nose ring spot was pretty good, but other than that, it was just... You know, Ric Flair came out, which was a great pop, but this match was 25 minutes long. This match was longer than the Kofi Kingston match with Daniel Bryan. This was the longest match on the entire card. And to me, you could just tell the crowd was... This was to, to the point where I think the crowd was just getting tired and I do think that right before this, the John Cena moment when he came out with the Doctor of Thumbokonomics, and I know some people thought he was coming back with that full-time gimmick. I think it was just an appearance as that gimmick. And I actually liked that because, look, it was short, sweet, to the point. It was, could you have saved it for Raw tonight? Maybe. But I thought it was a very nice job. It got the crowd going again. So that was one of my favorite moments of the card. I know some people didn't like it because it, once again, made the show longer, but... This Triple H-Batista match, what did it do when you came out of it? Batista retired. And we'll get to the Kurt Angle one, but at least Kurt Angle's, it felt like it was an event, that it was his last match. Batista's like, oh, Batista was here for five seconds, and now he's gone again. And to me, this was just a mess of a match, way too long. And I like both these guys, but this was a match we won 15 years ago, not last night. And it just dragged on forever was just an ugly match in the middle. There was a couple good spots, but when we're talking about an event that's seven and a half hours long, I mean, they could have saved a bunch of time just cutting this match out. Would this event have been any better with this match? I I think the answer is no. But we will get into Baron Corbin defeating Kurt Angle. Now, I said on my previous show, look, I think this would be a good way to send Angle out because Angle's from that mentality that is a wrestler you put someone over. And for Baron Corbin, even though I didn't love this match from a technical standpoint, I I still think Corbin, I don't love going forward as a worker. I think that his character, it just, I can't explain it, but even though I think he's a good heel, there's just something I can't explain, but I just don't love him. And I don't think he's really done a great job embracing his role. But I do think that this match, it'll be remembered for the farewell by Kurt Angle, the emotional send-off, and, you know, thanking the crowd. I think that that was the biggest moment. I mean, this this match, it wasn't really the match. The match is forgettable. The ending and the conclusion will be memorable. And the only good thing that I'll say about this match, of outside of giving Angle especially, I don't think it was the best send-off for Angle. I wish it was with a legend match. I think you could have done a great worker in the ring with him and more of an up because Corbin's been established. I, I would have liked maybe a younger up and coming superstar to maybe beat him. And, you know, it wasn't of course the Ric Flair send off, but 
I think you could have done a better job of the match. But overall, I thought the ending and how he handled it and how the ceremony was was fantastic. And the one silver lining I will say out of this match is I think it gives Baron Corbin more heel material. I think it makes him once again more of a villain, which is what this match was intending to do. So I think it served its purpose. It wasn't anything memorable in the ring, but we'll remember what it did for Corbin going forward and for how Kurt Angle thanked the WWE Universe. Uh, then second to last match was Finn Balor uh, defeating Bobby Lashley. This was another match I picked. I think Balor is going to be a great Intercontinental Champion. Lashley has been really hit or miss with the company since coming back. And to me, I think there's a lot more rivalry possibilities for Balor down the road. Good match, you know, is a shorter match. But uh, once again, I, I feel bad because the, there are certain cards you can tell the matches are rushed. And I think after the Triple H match, they were like, oh, my God, we got three matches to go. And it's almost 11 o'clock at night. You look, they ripped through the Baron Corbin-Kurt Angle match because you knew there was going to be a long ceremony after it. They ripped through this Finn Balor-Bobby Lashley match. And it's and it's hard because you want to build a good story in the ring. And I think you need at minimum 10 minutes to do it. And when both these matches were well under that, it, it really hurt them. Although I think you got the desired result. You got Balor. And why he just doesn't do the demon full-time, I will never understand. I... I be personal, I like the Balor angle better with the Demon than just regular Finn Balor, but but I digress. And personally, I think he should do it full-time, but uh, I think it serves purpose because I think they had to rush this match because you knew the main event, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Fair, like I said, went on after midnight, which I didn't love because I think a lot of kids had checked out. Fans were burnt out in terms of the emotion, but it did its purpose. It served... Becky giving her both championships. I'm interested to see what they do with both championships. I hope they don't just unify them. Uh, I think it sets up, a, of course, a feud with Charlotte. And really the big X factor is Ronda. It looks like she's going to have to take time off with a broken hand. If she comes back, she has a natural in with she didn't really get pinned by Becky Lynch at WrestleMania. So there's a lot of possibilities going forward. And even though I think the finish was clunky in this match... It, my big thing is from WrestleMania, do you have stories to go forward? I think Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte all have stories going forward. Some matches had to come to an end. I think Balor, Lashley, I'm hoping, came to an end. But there's also other matches, too. Like I said, that you look at, did they build out a future matches? I think Kofi and Daniel Bryan did that. I, I hope it creates a long rivalry between the two. I think the Iconics and... The Boston Hug Connection, the women's tag team division has a rich storyline going forward. I think Shane and The Miz have a rich storyline going forward. And I hope the Usos have a rich storyline going forward as well. Overall, I did really like this show. I, once again, my suggestions for next year's WrestleMania, try to shorten it, either cut a match or two. Or my suggestion is if you're going to do a seven and a half hour event, you got to start earlier. I'd say start maybe 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I know that's early, but you could do the pre-show matches. So by the time you get to the main card, it's about 4 o'clock. So that way you have 4 until prime time after 10 o'clock of just quality matches. I think that will work. But overall, I thought this was a great card. I know the the main event made you missing a little bit more because of the ending. But overall, it was a great emotion to see Becky Lynch win the title. And this is a WrestleMania where we saw a lot change. We saw a lot of title changes in this WrestleMania. You have a new Universal Champion. You have a new WWE Champion. You now have a new Women's Championship. So there are plenty of options for the company moving forward, which I think is fantastic. I think there's a lot of possibilities going forward. And it's exciting to see what they will do next. 
But overall, this is one of the more memorable shows in recent years. I, I thought from top to bottom, this was a well-done card. Uh, there's always going to be some matches that were underwhelming, but I thought this match had great WrestleMania moments in the ring, outside the ring with Kurt Angle and with John Cena. I think it did what it had to do. It did a great job of being entertaining throughout the whole show. I did think the time did play a factor with some of the layer matches with the time, but overall, once again, I gave this a great show, really enjoyed it. Great matches, and of course, great moments recognizing great athletes such as Kofi Kingston and Becky Lynch. So I'm really happy, looking forward to what happens next, and make sure you follow us here on Rich Sports Talk, of course, on Instagram at the handle at Rich Sports Talk. Have a good poll on there. In my story, check it out. Vote. Do you think that it was an intentional botch at the end of the match? I personally think it is, and I think from what we've read that it was but you can weigh in on your own opinion of course you can listen to us on Spreaker, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, Anna, Apple and iTunes podcast whatever is easy for you but until next time I'm your host Nolan Rich and we'll be having more WWE content on the way here on Rich Sports Talk. <laughs>